Off to Montgomery. Are we going to the Camellia Bowl? It's the Yellowhammer State we're going to, Dave. <laughs> Not the Camellia Bowl. Huh. Why aren't we going to the Camellia Bowl? Probably because it's Middle Tennessee State. And who's the other one? I think it's Arkansas State. Arkansas State, State yeah. But Arkansas State has been to like seven straight bowls. That's good for Arkansas State. Has anyone heard of any of the ball games they've been to? No. And Middle Tennessee State is uh, the quarterback is the son of the coach. How do you know that? Because I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and he got hurt this year, Dave. A tough break for him. But he's back. Huh. But he's back. And we're back, too. We're going back to the heart of Dixie. Montgomery the uh, was the capital of the Confederacy. I can think of trips I've looked forward to more than this one. It's a long way, and we're running late. We are running late. That's kind of my fault. I wanted to get to the Tuskegee Airmen National Historic Site with an hour or so to walk around and enjoy it. And we're going to have to put pedal to the metal to make that now. We will. The itinerary today is... A pretty simple one because we're going up on Friday for a 2 o'clock game on Saturday. It's get through Atlanta as quickly as possible. Get over to that Tuskegee site. Hang out for a half hour or an hour. On to Montgomery. Get a good meal. Watch some film with the team. Get up early tomorrow for a shoot around. Go to the game. Enjoy the game. Alabama State's 0-9. Hopefully Winthrop can get a road win. Head on home. And the last thing I did before leaving the house was record the Chiefs and Chargers. We'll be home around 11 o'clock or so and uh, can watch that if we can avoid finding out what happens on the way home. What do you make of the Charlotte 49er situation? Mark Price, you know, recently let go. Houston Fancher, who was the head coach at App State, was on his staff, is now accelerating into the head man spot. Charlotte is an interesting case study to me, Dave, in college basketball. They had a lot of success early on. You know, they went to the Final Four with Cornbread. Uh, Corn, they went to the Final Four with Cornbread Maxwell, one of the great Celtics of all time, by the way. And one of the great names. And a great dude. He is so, and he's, a, I, I like him on the radio. I do too. I he's he very entertaining, very he's lively. color guy, one of the color, uh, the color analysts for the Celtics radio network has been forever. Very well liked in Boston. So they have that success. You know, Jeff Mullins was there and Lee Rose was the coach of that team. And they, they kind of had a run there where they would go to the NCAA tournament maybe every other year. I mean, I think it was like, in 14 years, they went seven times. Yeah, and Bobby Lutz had them very, very competitive in what at that time was a good league. Yeah. Well, the league situation is what really torpedoed Charlotte. I think, I think it's football. You well, only I think have two so things. many resources. I, no, I know that, but it, it's well, yeah. But it started. I think it started though when Conference USA disintegrated because you didn't yep. have the like the powerhouse of Cincinnati, Memphis, anymore, Memphis, Cincinnati, Louisville, yep. Rick Pitino, you know. I remember seeing him at Halton Arena, but does he remember seeing you? Of course. Oh. I don't want him to. He's got a lot of. He's got a lot of he's time on his hands time. these days. He, sure he, he might want to be on the Bearded Podcast, <laughs> but 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 does he have a beard? He does not have a he, beard. I mean, he's not doing any like 
like appearances these days. He, he could grow one. But the, the thing is, at Charlotte, you're right. The conference just, it went from really respectable, multiple teams in the NCAA tournament to everyone is evacuating. Yeah. And then they changed conferences and eventually they went to football. You only have so many resources. And the bottom line is maybe a school like Texas, maybe a school like Florida, Michigan or Ohio State, maybe those schools have enough support from yeah. alumni, right. from boosters, that they can support a great football and a great basketball program. But what other schools, who is the example of a school that is smaller than that power five level that's really good at multiple sports? The teams that tend to excel in basketball, Butler, Virginia Commonwealth, Gonzaga, they don't have football teams or they have very, very, very right. underachieving or low budget football teams. The teams that are good at football, those powerhouse schools like App State before they moved up or like, um, who's really good at the, the secondary level? Is it South Dakota or South Dakota State? Yeah. It's always really good. You never hear about their basketball no. team. In Montana, Montana's a good right, now. But not basketball. Well, no. not since Mike Montgomery's been there uh, or when Mike Montgomery was there. But it, you just it's hard to be good at everything. And Charlotte, the way that they went to football, they really expedited the process by going, we're starting a program and just a few years later, we're going up to the highest level of football. You you pour all your resources into that. Well, they had to, they had to call an audible, literally, you know, because they were, what, two years into the plan when that whole thing with Conference USA and the American Athletic Conference so they, and they had to find, kind of find a place in football. So it kind of worked out that they could go back to Conference USA. But Conference USA, it's only Conference USA in name only. I mean, it's a lot of different schools as we just talked about. The, the bigger point, though, is basketball, I think it started to slide a little bit before football was, was kind of on the, on the horizon. Well, they fired Bobby Lutz. Why did they fire Bobby Lutz? Well, I think that was internal, right? They, he and the athletic director, Judy Rose, had weren't really getting along. Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe the program had declined to some extent, but this is the question anytime you fire a coach. Are you going to hire someone better right. than you fired? Right. This goes back to our discussion in the first episode about the dumpster fire at Tennessee, yeah. right? Yeah. They fired Phil Fulmer once upon a time. They replaced him with someone that wasn't as good as him. And for 10 years... They've been in this downhill spiral. Now they lost out on Greg Shianu. They lost out on Mike Leach. And they hired a guy who's never been a head coach. Yeah. So maybe it's going to work out and maybe it's not going to work out. If you're Charlotte at this stage in the game, who wants that job? And I'm not suggesting they're not going to get someone to coach the team. I'm not suggesting that they're not going to pay whatever it is, $500,000 or $600,000 a year. But you just fired Mark Price before he finishes third year, yeah. and you're not feeding your resources into the job, and you have now looked after Alan Major failed and Mike Mark Price failed, and the way you treated Bobby Lutz, who's, I don't know, the second or third best coach you've ever had, and... If you're 
that mid-major assistant, I'm sorry, the mid-major head coach, if you're Earl Grant, he's at College of Charleston, used to be at Winthrop, spent time with Greg Marshall at Wichita State. You're making good money. You've got a good program. You live in a great city. The entire school is all in on basketball, not football, basketball. If you're Earl Grant and Judy Rose calls, I mean, maybe you entertain the call, maybe you have the discussion, but what is the great enticement to leave the College of Charleston and to go to Charlotte? That's a great point. Great point. If you're Steve Forbes and you're at East Tennessee State, what makes Charlotte a much better job than ETSU? If you're Pat Kelsey and you're at Winthrop, what makes Charlotte a significantly better job? I understand there's probably a pay difference, maybe a significant one. There might be the temptation to say Charlotte, bigger city, little bit nicer facilities, certainly a larger alumni base, but is that job remarkably better than Winthrop? It was 15, 20, 25 years ago, but is it now? I think it can be. I think the advantages that Charlotte has, Halton Arena is still a very nice facility. They have their own practice gym. I'm pretty sure they fly uh, charter most of the time. Right, but they fly to all of these places that have no relationship with Charlotte. At least Winthrop plays regional schools. Charleston Southern, Presbyterian, High Point, Asheville. If you look at Charlotte's schedule, it's a mishmash of places that no one's ever heard of before. Like, that's the problem. When they were in Conference USA, John Calipari and Memphis are coming to town. Rick Pitino and Denny Crum are coming to town. Like, you you were a part of something. Now you're a part of a smorgasbord and nothing. We're going to Statesboro. How many times are we going to drive by this Peach and Gaffney this year? It's got to be the fourth time, right? (laughs) I mean, every time we drive, you go, I guess we'll meet at your house because we're headed south. And we've been to Georgia. We've been to Auburn. Now we're going to Montgomery. It, 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 oh, we went to Furman. Furman, yeah. And th- this is four trips in the opening month of the season headed 85 south. Well, you know, when we go to Richmond on Tuesday, it'll be the farthest north we've gone. On the east coast, because we went to oh. Fort Collins. So that is more north and west. But this is the furthest uh, east and north we'll go. You know, as we find the... Gaffney Peach in our rearview mirror, Dave. We are going to be about 40 miles from another peach on top of a water tower in Chilton, Alabama. Chilton County, Alabama. <laughs> which is the geographic center of the state. Chilton, yeah. Alabama. Chilton, Alabama. How far out of our way is that? Well, it's 40 miles north and west of where we're going to be. So I was thinking about fantasy football because I'm in second place. It's been a while since Chico's Bell Bonds has been in the playoffs. (laughs) If your fantasy football team was an NFL franchise, current NFL franchise, what would it be? And I'm thinking 
I would probably be the Rams. Oh, you you relocated? No, I haven't relocated. However, I haven't been good for a long time. Your owner can write a seven hundred and fifty million dollar check. No, I'm thinking like on-field performance. I might be more like the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I haven't. Like I've had some good years and some bad years. My team Haven't always makes the playoffs, but rarely wins anything. So, who does that make name? The Chiefs. The Chiefs. I'm okay with that. I'm 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 down with being Andy Reid, a borderline Hall of Fame coach. Actually, you know what? I might be more like the Panthers. Because I, I was the, ups and downs. Ups and downs. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever won? I haven't won, but I placed in the. So money. you are the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I need to win this year. Riverboat Ron, who are you playing this week? <laughs> What's your format? How many teams are in the league? Uh, we have 10 teams. How many make the playoffs? Four. Good. I hate leagues where more than half yeah. the teams make the playoffs. I also am in a 10-team league. I also have four playoff teams. I feel like it's the same as the Big South Conference Tournament. <laughs> the regular season has to be worth something. Yeah. Whether you get a bye right. or home field advantage, can't really get that in fantasy no, football. No, can't get that. You, you have to, or, or there can be a money prize for winning the regular season, yeah. but you can't allow everybody in. So you're in the final four. I'm in the final four. And, and how are things lining up this week? Well, all right, so Alex Smith is my quarterback. Oh, plays tomorrow against San Diego. Yeah. Against the Chargers, the, the no longer San Diego Chargers. Right. I got uh, Bryant is my one of my wide receivers. Dez? Dez Bryant. Okay. Mark Ingram is uh, one of my running backs. Uh, if Kamara were to sit out, that'd be really good, but I think he's going to play. Todd Gurley is another one of my running backs. I have and Julio they play, Jones. And, but Todd Gurley plays against a really good Seattle yeah, defense. Right. Um, Julio Jones Monday night against Tampa. Right. That's um, a good match. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I got some good. Uh, Brett Redden's texting me. I don't. Get away, Brett. I don't want to talk to <laughs> No, we always like hearing from Brett. Um, Tevin Coleman is another one of my running backs. Do you have to play him? I don't have to play him. So here's, here's my bench. Or currently, the guys that are on my bench right now Jonathan Stewart. It's been pretty good. Uh, I played Jonathan Stewart over Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I might do that. Danny Amendola. Okay. Ryan Matthews. Um, Abdullah from Detroit, I think, is out. He's, or out. he's been hurt, yeah. And then uh, not, Damian Lewis for New England. Dion Lewis. But Dion Lewis. Oh, you should play him. Yeah. I love Dion Lewis. Yeah, I think I'm going to put Dion Lewis in there. Dion Lewis is one of those guys, great football player, okay fantasy yeah. player. Yeah. Like, Gets goal line touches taken away by Rex Burkhead, but like that guy does it all. He's a good blocker. He can catch the ball, runs the ball effectively. Yeah. I, I really like him. Here's my big question: yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's who the other quarterback is, Vandal Industries. That's who you're playing against. Yeah. So my team has. I play in a two quarterback league. I only think two quarterback leagues should be sanctioned. There are more than twelve or ten good quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. It makes it a lot more strategic to play two quarterback league. I traded for Matt Ryan midway through the year when Aaron Rodgers was hurt. So I've got great quarterbacks. I've got Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. But I've got Aaron Rodgers coming off IR this week. Yeah. Do you roll the dice and play Aaron Rodgers or do you play Matt Ryan? 
The Panther defense, which has a good reputation, has been surprisingly mediocre against the past the last six weeks. That's true. That's but true. Matt Ryan has a cozy matchup at Tampa on Monday night. I think in the end I'm going to play Rodgers because if I lose, I don't want to lose with the best player in the yeah, NFL right, sitting right. on my bench. Absolutely, absolutely. brings up a great question about who's going to win the Super Bowl. And do you believe it has to be a team with a great quarterback? Because if the answer is yes, you eliminate a whole bunch of the contenders like Carson Wentz is gone. That eliminates Philadelphia. Or you might like the Vikings, but right now their quarterback has played, you know, probably better than he actually is. It's hard to imagine yeah. them winning with Case Keenan. So does the NFL right now only have two or three or four legitimate Super Bowl contenders, great quarterbacks on really good teams? Or is it one of those years where everybody has a weakness and you can make an argument for half the league? I think it goes by conference. I think in the AFC, you got to look at the Patriots and the Steelers as as one and two. The Patriots and, who got their doors blown off in Miami on Monday? It's one game out of 16. And Rob Gronkowski didn't play. And Rob play, Gronkowski which is didn't play. Huge. Yeah. I mean, that was big. Rob Gronkowski has to be one of the 15 or 20 most important players in the entire league. Well, not only that, I mean, that's actually the bigger of the, the two arguments, right? The second argument, for whatever reason, is the Patriots with Tom Brady have never played well at Miami. So right. that was kind of like a double whammy. Don't really play well in Miami, and you don't have Rob Gronkowski. Right, That's a recipe for disaster. Totally agree. But the defense sucked. I mean, somebody named Kenyon Drake ran the ball <laughs> yeah, through yeah, them. Yeah. Like, that was the Patriots' defense of the first two, three weeks of the year. True. This is also, I hate to use this because it's going to sound like coach speak, and we hear this all the time, um, especially, you know, at all different levels. That was probably... A playoff game or a Super Bowl type game for the Dolphins. Yeah, that was the end of the year. Yeah. It was the only significant game left right. in the entire season. Right. But what about the Steelers? You talk about them as being the logical, and I agree, next best team or best contender in the AFC. But Ryan Shazier is out. And yes, they came back and beat Baltimore last week, but they didn't look great doing it. Ben Roethlisberger's not throwing for 500 yards every week. It seems to me that they have weaknesses too. But you know what? You, um, I think you have to look at the complete picture, though. It's not just what happens in Week 15. There are times where you, you know maybe you falter. I mean, look at the uh, NCAA tournament. How, how many teams maybe have a really bad loss late in February before you get into your conference? Uh, that's a, 100% you... accurate. But who, looking through the balance of the season has been really good the whole year. And the Patriots were not good early. No, they were not. They the, struggled. I mean, they lost to the Panthers. They, I mean, they struggled. Steelers the have had equally bad losses. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville, it's hard to trust them with Blake Bortles. The AFC West appears to be a dumpster fire. Though, that being said, 
Chiefs looked pretty good last week. Right. If the Chiefs beat the Raiders and the Chargers in back-to-back -back weeks, they get a little bit of that mojo back from the first month of the year. But again, they're playing without one of their best players. Remember, Eric Berry got lost right. in one of the first right. two, three weeks right. of the year. Right. I, I feel like everyone, I mean, we're talking about the AFC right now, I think everyone is flawed. But I'm unclear whether that means okay, the Patriots and Steelers a little bit better than everyone right. in the end, good coaches, good quarterbacks, right. or does that mean they're flawed enough that it could be Tennessee or Jacksonville right. or Kansas City or someone that we're not talking about? Well, and I don't want to be a New England apologist, but it's hard to go against Tom Brady in December and Bill Belichick. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's just, you know, the way – they've come back and then the confidence that they got winning the Super Bowl how they did I let mean, me ask you this yeah they play me. at Pittsburgh this week well I don't have time for your question <laughs> the Patriots are three-point road favorites right which means on a neutral field the Patriots would be a six-point favorite and in New England the Patriots would be a nine-point favorite right that seems like a big number it does seem like a big number and that kind of Pittsburgh New England is it's it's as much as a rivalry as is almost any other game now. I mean, and, it, and the two teams don't like each other, and a ton is on the line. Essentially, the home field throughout the playoffs is on the line. But you, and again, I don't want to. I mean, this is not like the network hype. Oh, we're about to run into a trap. Yeah, here. what's with this? Um, by the green. Hey, let's move it along here. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah, Greensboro Spartanburg Air Airport. There's all this traffic. Give me a break. We're trying to get to Tuskegee. Yeah. Now, n normally, or lately, I would say in the last, well, I mean, let's be honest, since 2001, for the most part, even though some of the early years, I don't think Pittsburgh was that great, but, you know, let's say the last 10 years, since Ben Roethlisberger's been there, any time, or most times, the Steelers and Patriots have met this late in the season, it's been huge. And the Patriots have dominated. Yeah. But that being said, the Patriots are playing a third straight road game. They're playing on a short week after a Monday night. And the defense, which certainly is better than it looked very early yeah. in the year, is not nearly as good as it looked against a bunch of garbage competition for much in the middle of the year. That's true. That's so, true. so is it really simple? It's the teams with the good quarterbacks and the good coaches. And we can really dwindle that number down, right? You got Pittsburgh and the Patriots in the AFC. Is there anyone else in the AFC that you feel confident in really, really good quarterback and a good enough supporting cast around them that you think that they win the Super Bowl? Is it a two-team race? Think, or for me, it, it's a two-team race. I mean, maybe Tennessee could surprise you. You know, Jacksonville's been playing interesting, but nobody in the AFC really grabs you and says, look, this is the it team. Baltimore has been pretty Baltimore good recently. Baltimore has been playing better. Baltimore has they been have that better. pedigree of winning. They do have that pedigree. Now, they're probably well, going to have to win three straight road games. Are you aware of this comic strip called Gridiron Heights? No. I'm going to have to show it to you. It's really funny. Apparently, it's been going on for like two years because it's like a it's maybe a precursor to the bearded car cast they they you know they had a pile episode and they had a subsequent <laughs> episode uh it's like a one minute um like cartoon and it takes on various different nfl topics but one was um one i'll have to show this to you when we when we get to a situation where we can do this 
tackle the is Joe Flacco elite, and so it has a cartoon of Joe Flacco, like at a at a mall, and he's trying to, uh, you know, when you're like trying to sign up for a credit card or a store credit card or a store rewards program, and so the premise is he's trying to get his elite quarterback card, and so the guy keeps asking all these questions, and and then finally when it comes to like hit your credit report, and it's like nope, you're not elite. The funny <laughs> thing is though. You can win with Joe Flacco. You can win with Joe Flacco. They've proven that. So if you can win with Joe Flacco, you mentioned Tennessee, you can probably win with Marcus Mariota. If you can win with Marcus Mariota, maybe you can win with Alex Smith. Well, does that mean that maybe it's not just the Patriots? Maybe it's not just the Steelers? What about in the NFC? The NFC appears to be better, right? On paper, their their teams just broadly look better. But they still appear flawed. Philadelphia... Potential number one, number two seed, Carson Wentz is out. Minnesota, potential one, two, three seed, they've got Case Keenan playing quarterback. Seattle's offensive line has been bad most of the year. The Rams, okay, they might have the best balance in the NFL, but rookie coach, second-year quarterback, new franchise, not great home field advantage, Who is it in the NFC that you go, yeah, they're going to win the Super Bowl? I think two weeks ago you might have said Minnesota. You might have said I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said the team with Case Keenan. I don't think the team with Case Keenan is winning the Super Bowl. No, but they have an elite defense. Yes. They have an elite defense. I don't think the team with Case Keenan is winning the Super Bowl. Maybe not recently we've seen this, but... You can win a Super Bowl with an elite defense and an okay quarterback. Now, Case Keenan. I don't think a team has ever won the Super Bowl with a quarterback as bad as Case Keenan. He has no track record outside of this year. But he's been playing well this year. Like he's. But he's going to have to then do that three straight weeks in the playoffs against other really good teams. It's one thing to throw in a good performance against a good team and then two good performances against a bad team and then a medium performance. He's going to have to play three good teams to win the Super Bowl. I don't believe that's going to happen. Well, I saw him live last week, and I thought he was better than advertised. I didn't think I, – I, I kind of agree with you. He's got a big test out of him. But to this date, what he's been able to do – He's been really, really good. He's been good. This year, I don't think that's going to continue. I I think it's very, very difficult for that team to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they they have enough going offensively. And I like Adam Thielen, and I like Diggs. Remember, they also lost Dalvin Cook, though the running backs they've plugged in have been good. And what that tells me is your mediocre quarterback and your mediocre running backs have done really well. The offensive line must be terrific. At some point, you're going to face a team that's going to get to the quarterback. And what are you going to do then? The problem is, what about the other teams? Who are the other teams? If you think Seattle has flaws, and they certainly do, and if you think that the Eagles have a problem. Yeah, New Orleans is really interesting, right? right? They profile a lot like the Panthers two years ago and a lot like Atlanta last year. They've gotten off the deck, good quarterback, good coach, and the defense is much, much, much better. Improved. Well, they you know they got some good young corners. They got in the draft. But good, do you they, think they're going to win the Super Bowl? I don't. I don't. Okay. What about this? They have to win every game they play the rest of the season to win the Super Bowl. That's three regular season games and all the playoff games. Aaron Rodgers is back. Yeah. What about them? What about the Packers? There are two ways to look at it. Either the Packers with Aaron Rodgers are among the best teams in the league, 
or the Packers without Aaron Rodgers weren't very good and Aaron Rodgers isn't good enough to lift them to wins in six or seven straight weeks. Which is it? I'm not sold on the Saints, and I know that they're they're playing well, and it's kind of like what you were saying about Case Keenum is they haven't had a good defense in years, and now all of a sudden are you going to trust them going into the playoffs? I think that's a big question mark. What about Atlanta or the Panthers? Exactly. I mean, mean, again, you want to talk about balance. The Panthers have a quarterback that is certainly good enough and a pretty good defense. And unlike the Rams, at least the Panthers have – done it before getting to that stage. The problem is the Panthers, when they've played the really good teams in the league, have been uh, okay. Well, they now granted, one was early and the team wasn't playing well. They have two really good wins this year. New England, at New England, with not a lot of teams going to Foxborough and win. Yep. And they beat a good Vikings team at home. That's their, their current loss. But they've lost twice to New Orleans. Uh, which is an issue. The, the Chicago loss is the one that I think really hurts right now. But is our answer to the original question, there are a lot of contenders or there are very few contenders? I think the answer to the question is, this is Pete Rozelle's dream. This is Paul Tagliabue's dream, having all these teams with a chance to compete. I would say this. In the AFC, I still think, just because of pedigree, because of experience... It's hard to bet against Bill Belichick. It's hard, right. it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. But at what percentage do you think it's the Steelers or the Patriots? Do you think those two teams combined have 50%, 70%? No, I think it's 70% one of those teams. And I think it's 30% one other team. Don't you think? Or no, do you think it's more wide I don't. Open? Do you think it's more wide open? I think it's more wide open. Unfortunately, I have difficulty identifying Who's going to who go into New England and knock off the Patriots? Baltimore, they've done it before. Yeah. Kansas City, they've got the coach to do it. They did it in the regular season. I mean, do I think that's likely? No. Do I think it's possible? Yes. I mean, I like those teams that have been there and done that. Andy Reid is a winner. Has he won the Super Bowl? No. Has he consistently no, had really good teams? Yes. But is John he has Harbaugh good teams same falter and the, the Chiefs are faltering true. right now. It's true. John Harbaugh, though, I mean. They coulda, shoulda, woulda won that game against Pittsburgh. And if they had, everyone would have been on the Baltimore bandwagon. They didn't win the game, but they appear like they're one of those teams on the rise. They've gotten a lot better as the year has gone along. And they've shown an ability to win road playoff games. I don't know. Like, like, I agree who the favorites are in the AFC. I I just think if if you told me there was only a 30% chance that it wasn't going to be Pittsburgh or New England, that means you're going to give me 3-1 to one on the field, I'll happily take the field at 3-1. to one. What about in the NFC? NFC to me is more, it's interesting. I think there's more dominant teams, but there's more, I don't know, it, it sounds weird to say this, it's almost more wide open. Okay, let's put lunch on. You pick one team, pick anybody you want, I'll pick one team, and if... Uh, if neither of our teams win, right, we'll push. Somebody that emails in at beardedcarcastoutlook.com will take them out to lunch. Okay, unless they live uh, outside yeah, the yeah, metropolitan yeah. Charlotte area. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're not going on the road to buy someone lunch, but have people, uh, unless they, people can uh, email in and unless give they a, live in a city that we're going to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Then they can pick the place too. Yeah. But um, 
So if you email us, beardedcarcast at Outlook, is that right? Beardedcarcast at Outlook.com, that's correct. We're each going to pick an NFC team. Then you need to pick an NFC team too. And whoever comes up with the correct NFC team, the first right. person to email in with the correct NFC team, if Mike and I so don't to have to go to them, the Super Bowl, to go to the Super Bowl, we'll have a lunch. Okay. I don't know who I want. Do you know who you want? This was much clearer <laughs> two weeks ago. I, I think everyone I'm not has an this issue. A, I'm not saying this is a homer. I can make a case for the Panthers being that team. Of course you can. But is that who you're taking? Like, like who is the favorite? Like, like I don't even know. I, I haven't looked. Who, who is the betting favorite to win the NFC right now? It can't be Philadelphia, right? Maybe or, or if it is, it's by a nose. Maybe it's Minnesota. Maybe it's Minnesota. Particularly since they would play the Super Bowl at home. Maybe it's New Orleans. Maybe it's New Orleans. I doubt Green Bay, but with Aaron Rodgers back. Can't be Green Bay. I doubt it's Seattle. Doubt it's the Rams, but not impossible. I think it still has to be Philadelphia, though. And you I'm, think Nick Foles is going to win the Super Bowl? No, I'm not saying That's I think crazy. That. No, I'm not saying I think that. What I'm saying is that's still a very good defense. Yeah. Nick Foles, I, I don't feel comfortable in him, but you know, a lot of the pundits that I saw this week, people were kind of pumping him up a little I, bit. I would kill to be the team game planning against Nick Foles in the playoffs. You're not running the ball. We're putting 7-8 in the box. Nick yeah. Foles consistently beat me over the top. It's the same thing with Case Keenan. I can't pick Minnesota because I don't believe Case Keenan, when the money's on the line and when I've got a really good defense, I don't believe he's going to beat me. Yeah. I'm taking the Rams. I think they have the most balance. And they have a good offense. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They've got a solid defense. They're the most balanced team in the NFC. Who are you taking? I think the Panthers. All right, Dave, let's dip into the mailbag here. Richie in Beverly Hills wants to know why you've only seen 15 movies in your life. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's more than that. I used to see movies when I was a, a little kid. And as I've grown up, it's not that I don't enjoy them. It's just not where I I choose to spend my time. As you know, I watch a ton of sports. My wife and I went and saw Les Mis on Wednesday night. I really prefer theater to movies. I like non-edited and not really special affected up stuff. I think the pure realm of radio is that there's not a ton of production. And I think that's what I love about play-by-play. You are assessed and graded on what you see in time, in real time. That's what's great about sports. It's live. It's great decisions. It's awful decisions. It's the, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. I'm not nearly as into scripted. So what about, and I think I know the answer to this because it just premiered last night. Have you ever, will you ever watch a Star Wars movie? Well, it premiered during Thursday night football. <laughs> well, I'm, so not saying, I'm not saying that you I wouldn't. don't like sci-fi. Not my thing. Okay. I don't have that imagination. I, I'm very into grounded and realistic. Yeah. That's not grounded or realistic. All right, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. All right, Richie, Game of Thrones is out too. 
Jim in Wappinger Falls, New York, wants to know how we record in a car. That's actually a really good question, and the answer is you're very good technically. <laughs> so the story behind that, Jim, is, and this is kind of interesting. So we had this idea, right? So, we, But then we had, we had to come up with a, a technical plan on how to do this. So we reached out to our good friend Mike Phelps, and some of the options to, because we have to have an audio mixer, we have to have the mics, so we got the mics from Winthrop University, the, the lapel mics you just kind of These on. mics are brought to you by yeah. Winthrop University. Uh, but the mixer was the problem because, you know, you don't have a car, you don't have a power source. I mean, we probably could have, I think Phelps wanted us to get something that we could have actually used to plug in into the, the charger, use a regular like AC-DC cord or DC cord or whatever. Uh, but then I remembered that I had this old Shure M267 mixer it's a, run it's a dinosaur. It is. I mean, and it's it, awesome. It definitely looks like something out of like World War II surplus. <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, but it's but great. But it works. Does it sounds trick. great. Yeah. Sometimes old technology is better than new technology. Funny story about that Shure 267 mixer, the M267 mixer. Um, my friend Mike Griffin, who's an engineer, let me borrow it and then never ask for it back. So it's, it's become mine. But I used it in Kannapolis because, it's a true story, when I started the Kannapolis Intimidators broadcast, we didn't have any equipment. The radio station was a very small radio station, so they didn't have a lot of remote equipment. So basically what I had to do is I had to carry around this mixer because it had uh, banana plugs in the back. And the banana plugs are basically two-pronged, connected to a wire. And then you can um, have the other end be like a quarter-inch connector or a mic cable or something like that. So to plug into the... So to get the signal back, I had to unscrew I had an old um, dial phone and it had to be <laughs> but it had to be um, like an old AT&T phone but it had to be the, the the kind where the handset rested inside the cradle oh like the older kind that had the a rotary phone no this but this one had to be a push button because it had okay. to had to dial into it but it was the older style um, where you could unscrew the mouthpiece Okay. Because, you know, the newer ones, you can't unscrew the mouthpiece. So this had to be the older-looking phone, even though it was still uh, a dial. So the banana plug that I had was connected to two alligator clips. <laughs> there are two metal contacts in the phone uh, where you speak into. So I had to unscrew that. I had to take out, I guess, the microphone piece of the phone, it was a little metal piece that rested you in You essentially these two... were just screaming really loud and hoping the radio <laughs> station could hear it. So these two metal pieces, I had to connect the alligator clips to that, then I plug in the banana clip side in the back of this Shure 267 mixer, <laughs> plug in my headset to that. So I would call into the radio station, they would they would connect me up on the board, then I'd have to like perform this surgery on the phone. <laughs> And that's how we got the signal back to Kannapolis. And still, the best story about Kannapolis, though, is you didn't do Sunday games. Did not do Sunday games because... He the, was the voice of a team. Right, he right. went to every game, or most of the games, well, yeah. but they didn't do Sunday games on the radio. It was a Christian radio station, and we couldn't even mention alcohol. Except, because this man was a big Dale Earnhardt fan, and therefore a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan, we could talk about the number eight Budweiser car. <laughs> That's great. You can send us emails or you can ask us questions on Twitter at BeardedCarcast and we'll try to make this a regular part of the show.
Well, Mike, we're in the Peach State and nearly to Alabama. Normally, we would continue our car cast with the things we see and what we eat and what the game is like, but it's Friday afternoon and the masses are demanding a car cast. They haven't heard one this week. We, we've got to get this thing out. And we try to do the best we can to give the masses what they want. So we're going to push this through today. Actually, it'll be posted before we get to our destination, which will be a bearded car cast first. But again, as Dave mentioned, the circumstances uh, have kind of dictated that we do that. A lot going on this weekend, so we wanted to get this part out first. And of course, you can listen to this broadcast. You can go back listen to the other two. And don't forget, coming up on Wednesday, we'll have episode number four of the Bearded Carcast. Follow along at Bearded Carcast on Twitter, and you can email the show beardedcarcast at outlook.com.